Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Don't get the attitude, well, I'm young, I'm invulnerable. You don't want to put your loved ones at risk. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. Say, senor. We are in a dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. We are at least... I'm probably seven feet from Joe and six feet from Sean. Joe and Sean might be six feet apart. If I reach for my coffee and he reaches for his tea at the same time. Oh, no. no, That's that's an infraction. No, no, no. no. Sean and Joe did their big. I'll put my tea over here. Thank you. Sean and Joe did their morning hug before the show started. It was my turn to be the big spoon. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, So disturbing. Today we're (laughs) under the tutelage of our general manager. Shelter in place. Spreading across America? Oh, yeah. Yep. How many places are doing it now? From the coasts inward. Oh, my gosh. I don't have an accurate count, but if it's not where you are, it will be soon. Hmm. And what counts? 
What counts under shelter in place and what doesn't? I've had uh, been involved in some conversations on that and that myself. Um, what's 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 important enough for people to leave their homes? What's not? Well, we were declared an essential business by the government, which is funny. I've always considered us superfluous, but (laughs) we were considered essential, so here we are. It's an honor. Thank you. I mentioned that last night at home, and my my little one hugged me and said, my daddy's important. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That's nice. Every daddy's important. Uh, Some more than others, though. (laughs) So the official number as of last night is 6,362. If you'll remember correctly, when I said this yesterday, the official number was 4,000. So So that's a jump of 36.5%. Of what now? Of confirmed cases. I see. And then of deaths, it's 108. If you'd remember yesterday at this time when I said it, it was 80-something. That's a 27% increase over yesterday. Now, everybody knows those numbers aren't even close to accurate. But of what they're measuring, it's jumping fairly large numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so. the, the confirmed cases number is going to go up rather quickly as more and more people just get tested. Sure. Right. Just, exactly. Just it will explode. Sense. Yeah. 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 And that's actually a good thing to see that number going up in a weird way because it means people are getting tested. Right. And I understand that we will soon be seeing the drive through tents in many cities, towns, and hamlets across America. Hamlets? Soon would be good. What the hell's a hamlet? I'm not going to fill in all the blanks in your knowledge. All right? We don't have time. This is a time of emergency. We can't be dragging you along. Sounds like a little tiny ham sandwich. A a hamlet is a hamlet. You go to a hamlet, you know you're in a hamlet. Welcome (laughs) to our hamlet, the people say. They're good folks there. (laughs) Salt of the earth. Sort of people who voted for Joe Biden last night. Exactly. In overwhelming numbers, apparently. Um... Turnout was surprisingly good, too. The reason yeah. I bring that up, because the whole Biden thing is decided, but th- particularly given the current crisis, I found that uh, an interesting measure of democratic enthusiasm. Right. So we shall see. Of course, everything can change three times between now and November, so I'll be quiet. Trump did lock up the nomination on the Republican side yesterday. Sorry to Bill Weld, who uh, fought a valiant fight. He did. Hung in there clear up to the end, but... Uh... Well, and he really, uh, him being in the race really made Trump, really kept him, uh, right? (laughs) Right. How's Trump going to get Bill Weld's crowd to come along to his side? Right. How will he win over the Weld voter? (laughs) Has Bill Weld endorsed Donald Trump What does he want? The angry Weldies Weldies, exactly. Welders, Weldies. Um, uh, duh, what I had something back on Corona. So, oh, when they, when they get the testing going everywhere, are we all going to be encouraged to get tested? Like every man, woman, and child? I, uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I try to know the answers so. to some of these things. I don't know the answer to that one. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I suppose it depends how widespread the availability is. If it's like super crazy widespread, which they're looking for, then you would want a random sample of the population or something close to it. Seems like you'd have to test everybody. <clears throat> I, I mean, if, if the numbers are even close to right that 80% of people don't know they have it because it's so mild or non-existent in them, uh, in terms of, symptoms um yeah you'd have to test everybody wouldn't you right yeah yeah huh that's interesting so you did would i drive the whole family through a drive through hey kids i'm not gonna tell we'll go we'll go to we'll go get uh what are the little uh, milkshake things they have at wendy's my kids like so much little chocolate things. frosties we'll go get frosties first we'll go have them shove something up our nose into <laughs> right. a brain pan right all four of us in the car a swab up the nose and then a frosty then we'll go to frosties and then while we're in the drive through at frosties the kids will be crying and recoiling in fear because now they're 
trained to think drive-throughs mean they jab something into your brain pan. Wow, you have a dark view. First, I think they will be testing people who have symptoms or are afraid they they're ill or what have you. Healthcare workers, etc. And and by the way. I don't, when was the last time you were in the hospital? You and I have both spent a little time in hospitals in recent years. Actually, um, like in a bed. Mm-hmm. That's not that important a question. It's been a long time, though. Very, very long time. Yeah, for me, it was about a year and a half ago after uh, surgery number one. But nobody. Did you spend ever... the night? Yes. Huh. One night. It was absolutely lovely, too. The service was fabulous. I don't think I've spent a night in a hospital since I was 10 years old. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, this hospital was actually very good. It's very, very good. I recommend it. I gave it a great review on Yelp. Uh, but my point was, ain't nobody who stayed in the hospital over the last 10 years who said, I tell you one thing, that hospital is overstaffed. Oh, my gosh, the nurses are just constantly there for you, and so many doctors. My yeah. doctor was by every hour and a half. No, it's, God, I, I thought he was going to come by this morning. Now it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know what's going on. So th- I say that because... The news out now is hospitals are already getting pushed to the limit by the few cases we have thus far in I, America. I would like them to be too busy to come by my room. The doctors, you do need to come by your room. All mm-hmm. the other people, I don't. I've not been in the hospital overnight, but my wife has and uh, my youngest son, and they they come by every three minutes and then tell you to get some sleep. It would be really good if they could, like, coordinate that. And as soon as you fall asleep, they come by and wake you up again. The temperature lady and the blood pressure guy and the meds fella, and uh, they all, oh, you know. It's just ridiculous. Nice yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Couldn't you two have talked in the hall and done that together? Right. And then I could have slept ten full minutes. Wouldn't right. that have been exciting? Yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how this all shakes out, I suppose. I don't really want to get something jabbed up my nose, but if I have to, I have to, I suppose. What are you going to do? Another day, another jab, and that's what I say. Huh. Even keel. Um, let's introduce... you, know, you know who taught me that? The elders of the Hamlet I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it even, Joey, they told me. And the Hamlet. Yep. That's the way we do it here in the Hamlet. Um, uh, and Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer by the end of the day, <sighs> which is about the only news. The only reason I bring that up is it seems to be the only news that has broken through the world of Corona news. To everyone else, that one that one poked through on the on a, on a day yesterday. Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform thinks Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform will look strange. You know, I keep hearing references to that about what a terrible decision and disaster that was. He went to the freaking AFC Championship game. No, wait a minute, that's not what I said. It's no, just... I've heard sports people write and say that for for days now. Oh no, making it a mistake to to have your career your tarnished whatever blah blah. What the AFC Championship game? Sports commentators are desperate for something to say <laughs> yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, before they ignore count, them, he counted his success in Super Bowl rings, not not fourth place finishes. Brett Favre tarnished is, is is what do you call it? Brett Favre, I think, went to an AFC Championship game and an NFC Championship game with other teams after he. Lo- so come on now, what what does that? Sports commentators should shut up. We can just leave it there. I mean, clearly. There is, uh, we're introducing everybody now. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, <laughs> pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Mike? Uh, pretty good. I went to a warehouse club yesterday just to, uh, see what was going on, catch, see yep. what the vibe was. There you I'm go. Good job curious. of sheltering at home. I think <laughs> I'll just go wander around. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I need nothing. Hey. Thanks I want to for see what's up. <laughs> Thanks for killing my grandma. Oh, geez, that's oh, a little boy. much. That's is a little it? much. Is it really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that talks okay in the Hamlet, but that's a little much for the rest of us. Anyway, so I was talking to some of the employees there, and they were 
I actually went there for my mom and dad to get some. They use these like Duraflame logs. You don't the, need to explain it to me, Michael. No, but the point they is, needed Duraflame logs. Right, right, right. <laughs> is, what were they going to do? The Use paper and a match like cave people? Not have a fake fireplace? What were they going to do? So, anyway, in a balmy climate. Off he went. <laughs> Under the great yeah. pandemic. Anyway, back to you, Michael. <laughs> okay, so. I, I asked the employee, so do you have any of these Duraflame logs? And he said, no, the crazies got them. And I said, what? The crazies. Yeah, they're now referring to the people as the crazies. And he said, yeah, they've gotten everything. Of course, we have no toilet paper. Yeah. No, you know, they have a big sign outside the door now that said, this is the stuff we're out of stock. Wow. You know, we have no toilet paper. We have no paper towels. We've got no... Uh, Duraflame logs. No Duraflame logs. <laughs> I was at three stores yesterday, and all three of them have a, an interesting story to them. I'll have to tell later. Anyway, so oh. I guess people are showing up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then... So wrapped around the building, and they're, everything's out by 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, I think there are about two, three more days of that. What they were buying at Big Five Sporting Goods in droves when I was there yesterday. Was Duraflame Coming logs? Up, Duraflame logs, exactly. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, I am thriving in the sheltering in place. Uh, I, I this this is I have never been more happy and felt more connected with <laughs> right. the world. Um, uh, but I, I feel that some people might might not be as as uh, comfortably introverted as I. Uh, so I, I bring some suggestions to to watch the new things that I, that are on my radar. Brand new show called Devs. This is on uh, FX, but you can catch it on Hulu. D E V S. D E V S. Um, this is a, a show by Alex Garland. If you're not familiar with him, he is the director of Ex Machina, which is one of the best movies of the past 10 years. Um, he, he does a lot of fantasy kind of sci-fi, uh, the, the dangerous side of tech if things keep going kind of the direction they're going sort of stuff. Yeah, right. A lot of his, uh, Ex Machina and this show both involve a, a CEO of some tech company that, oh, he's, he may be more nefarious than initially led, we are led to believe. Um, so if you haven't watched Ex Machina, that's a great thing to watch. Devs, I'm only one episode into it. I, I it's it's awesome. It's everything I like about these weird kind of quirky sci-fi things. That's what I'm currently watching. I'll be talking about it more on my uh, the the one more thing podcast on Friday that I have Devs. I, what's from a you guys. dev? I have seen it's a number of Devins getting together. Um, developers oh. like web developers. Ah. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was Devins. Um, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of lists of things to watch while you're sheltered in place because a lot of people are going to be watching a lot of shows. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is. How did it already get to be? Why is my Why is my phone doing that? Don't do that, phone. Uh, it is already <laughs> Wednesday, March the 18th, year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's uh, begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark, you touching your face. I'm not. I you just touched your face. I scratched my freaking head. Which is what? My head is my head. My face is my face. Face, head, ears, neck. <laughs> who's, who's that? Uh, that is a correspondent from uh, the Stephen Colbert show. As best as I can <laughs> oh, tell, Colbert. she's kind of his, uh, like Biff Henderson from the David Letterman right, thing. Gotcha. Like, it's the, the kind that, of that's funny. charming man on the street. Face, head, person. neck. How does mailbag look? Ah, it's, it's all right. It's, uh, it's, it's not great. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe it should be swamped. It's um, about like Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform. All on it's the unnatural. Way. All the new stuff on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
The ongoing situation with China, who makes all our drugs and uh, started this pandemic across the world. That conversation is interesting. The um, uh, political forces looking at this as an opportunity. I'm sure I'm sure plenty of them actually want to help people. There's also plenty of them that think now is the time to get through something I've always wanted to get through and uh, make happen. Absolutely. On uh, whether it's your hamlet, your state or your uh, your federal government. So all that stuff should be talked about. And it will be mailbag. Here's your Churchillian quote of the day from Churchill. He had some of the most Churchillian quotes. I would agree. BJ from San Francisco passed this one along. Christmas 1937, Churchill gave his 11-year-old godson, the future 11th Duke of Marlborough. Whatever. He's way better than the 10th. Marlboro Light. (laughs) He gave him a gold watch with the advice, never confuse leadership with popularity. I think that's, uh, that's a great quote. Jeff writes, hey, guys, all this is going to really mess up the census. Yeah, I think they're going to absolutely hammer us to return it by mail or what have you. Uh, so no uh, you know, unwashed census worker has to come to your home. Good for you for uh, keeping that on your census radar, yeah, this whole thing. Oh. I, had, I had let it slip, my, well, my census vigilance. The activists in the world were, were all hot to trot and uh, with our ridiculous messages and claims of racism and the rest. And uh, yeah, nobody's paying attention now. Uh, Mark writes, hey, Jack, a great point about that uh, that fellow who accomplished something great under quarantine. It was Newton, wasn't it? Came up with calculus while he was under something quarantine. Something like that, yeah. Right. Uh, Mark in Savannah, Georgia writes, guys, under self-quarantine, mathematician Theodore Kaczynski managed to pull off 16 successful missions and get a 30,000-word essay published in the New York Times. That, of course, would be uh, the Unabomber. Yeah. What was the point? Ted Kaczynski. I don't, keep up the great work, he says. Okay. Keep up the great I don't know sarcasm. What your point is. That's just sarcasm. Uh, let's see. Mitt Romney's plan. Ah, I'm no math magician, but Mitt Romney needs to dig a little deeper on his $1,000 for every citizen plan. According to the math used by MSNBC, $1,000 for every citizen would only cost the government $330,000. Awesome. Why not just give everyone a million dollars like Bloomberg should have done? Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's, it's it a, is an incredible way of putting it. It's by an a incredible way of putting it, Brian. You're <laughs> right. It's amazing. Except it's more like a $1.50. Uh, keep crunching those numbers. Justin from Riverside. Thanks, Justin. That's pretty funny. And it's an excuse to play that clip again. You could have played the whole thing, Sean, but that's all right. In a crisis, I think laughing at Brian Williams brings us together. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Al Anonymous writes, I work at a law enforcement agency in a Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area County. We've gone to emergency deployment, which means half of the department is working for two weeks while the other half is off and stay home. Has to stay home. This is to ensure that if a shift gets exposed to the virus and has to be quarantined at home, the other half of employees would come into work. Huh. It's an interesting plan. All sorts of departments around the country are looking at that staffing model to see how it works. It's an innovation. Whether a good one or a bad one, not clear. Uh, We'll bring you up to date on everything that's happening. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So many things going on. A dizzying amount of information going on. Run down a couple of it. I forgot to wipe down my uh, keyboard. All sorts of randos wander in here and use it. Randos, like it. they're the worst. In our next contract, there's got to be no randos. No yeah. randos. Nobody touches Joe's stuff. Anyway, I'm sure you. I there's s- something more important than that. I suppose we'll start here. The stock market opened again, and the bell goes ding, ding, ding. Immediate drop. A plunging no. down about 6% so far, 1,300 points. So well, we'll see where that ends up. Jack, a sudden, a sudden plunge in the market is actually a reason for optimism. Because, um... Uh, especially... It's not It's not a reason for optimism. Especially if it's followed weeks of plunges. It's, the, it's a sign that... Uh, Anyway, so that's where we are on that. Um, we mentioned the number of cases are out there, which is kind of interesting on its own. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. The Democratic presidential primary is was, it was over before yesterday, but now it's extra over, I heard somebody say. <laughs> Biden <laughs> swept Bernie in all three states, Florida, Illinois, and Arizona, easily. And I mean, it wasn't even close. And so right. there you go. That's that. So much for that. The Senate is slated to vote on the House's commie flu package which includes expanded paid leave, unemployment benefits. This is limited, but we all know how various things get started and never go away. They get started and get extended. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you get this started and somebody guaranteed it. I mean, this has been this has been documented. Honest to God, books have been written about it. You get this sort of thing started, and then when we get to the end of, I don't know what it is, 90 days, six months, however long it's going to be. Somebody will make an impassioned argument for why we just need another six months. Exactly. And the next thing you know, it's there forever. People are hurting. Sure, give me five minutes, I'll whip you up a speech. You have tears streaming down your cheeks. Com- so, yeah, these programs become permanent or expand by 10%. How can we be helping out the cocktail waitresses and not the bartenders? Right. You know, just then it extends and extends and extends. And that's not an argument that the government shouldn't step in somehow in a major crisis like this, but uh, I know how this works. And and it's, and guaranteed people are licking their chops an opportunity to get some of their big... You know, New Deal type stuff jammed in here. Right. And hope it stays forever. Right. Emergency powers are among the most necessary governments have and the most dangerous. So just because you say, all right, you can do this, doesn't mean you then stop watching or think, well, it's all fine. No, just the opposite. You've given given them a dangerous power. Watch extra carefully. Your little voice there sounded like Mitt Romney. Which reminded, what way? which reminded me of Utah, which reminded me of all the texts we're getting, including one from my old college roommate that they just had an earthquake in Salt Lake City, which I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know they had earthquakes. No, there are many faults in Salt Lake City, Jack. Huh. Lack of available cocktails is one of them. Um, separately, back to this, the Republicans in Congress's upper chamber are also working on this $800 billion legislation that would, among other things, issue $1,000 checks directly to Americans. Every adult or every every human? Like, do I get four in my house or two? You know? Uh, no, I don't know that. Is it all adults? A lot of numbers have been thrown around, nothing settled on, but I'm, I'm seeing some sort of version of 1,000 per adult, 500 per kid. So okay. some sort of a fractional of the adults for any kid I've in the house. I've got nine well. children. If you count some goats and dogs. <laughs> they, they don't, but... Well, that's for them to figure out. My, my son's hairy, horny, and hoofy. <laughs> 
We mentioned this yesterday when it happened. It's a huge story, which we'll talk more about later. The Chinese Communist Party's Ministry of Foreign Affairs kicked out the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal yesterday out of the country because they don't like the way we're reporting on the the virus that they say the United States started. I'd say more or less they don't like the fact that anybody's reporting accurately on what's going on or went on with the coronavirus. What's comforting is that the Chinese communists are the only humans on Earth other than a few wackadoo crackpots in America. And please don't email. I don't want to read your wackadoodleness, your wackadoodlery. Uh, everybody in the world agrees it came out of China. So China's just blown hot air, just reestablishing themselves as congenital liars. We mentioned, Donald Trump don't trust China. We mentioned a former NFL MVP, Tom Brady, is going to the Buccaneers. We should mention a former NBA MVP, Kevin Durant, who tested positive for the commie virus, the highest and most famous athlete so far to test positive. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Red Plague? As a name? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I like that. It's a little overdramatic, but I, it's good. I only feel like it's late in the game to give it a new name, but yeah, uh, I like that yeah. name if we had jumped on it earlier. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see if we can get it going. Oh, one more sports-related note. You may have heard seven, eight now, nine counties uh, starting around the Bay Area, San Francisco, and radiating outward in Cal Unicornia have been shut down. Brian from Kansas City writes, San Francisco hasn't been shut down like this since the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Hey, now! Hey, Brian, why don't you keep that to yourself? Hey, now. That's a good joke. That is a pretty good joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's the lighter side of the coronavirus, and that's all he says. Thank you, Brian. Back to the red plague. Yes. Uh, There's not enough testing kits right now, and because of that, only those who are showing serious symptoms can get a test. Now, my son is really sick with a cold. It looks just like a cold, although some people say that's what coronavirus looks like in, in some people. Uh, but when we got a hold of the doctor with all the, the, the symptoms and everything like that, and there wasn't even a mention of getting him getting test, mm-hmm. their main thing was, we'll get you uh, antibiotics or whatever he's got, um, the medicine he's got to get without you coming in, because they're trying to avoid people coming in, because you could get it and spread it. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, we all know flu-like symptoms yeah. uh, applies to right. everything. Yeah, and sure. Everybody gets them. Yeah. Um, so because which is enough, why they got to get to wide, wide, widespread testing. All right. So because there aren't enough tests right now, you have to have serious symptoms to get a test, which of course means the delay between infection and confirmation. Yeah, serious systems or be on an NBA roster, apparently. Right. There is some complaints about that. Hey, yeah. how did the why did the NBA get enough to test everybody? And why what, are their test results coming back in hours, and yeah, not days, like everybody else? What are their connections? Yeah. Uh, more on that in a little bit. But because of the lack of tests around the country, and because of how long it takes. There's a delay between the infection and the confirmation at least two weeks long in most cases, and it takes approximately five days for symptoms to appear. So if you're the sort of person that, you know, you can't even, there's no point in even discussing the people who, who don't get symptoms, because what are you going to do? Right. But um, So if you get the symptoms, you've had it for probably five days before the symptoms show up, then you go in and get tested, and then two weeks later you get the test back. Right. So you're talking maybe three weeks that you've been infected before you find out for certain that you do. That's a problem. I guess that's why they're telling us all to stay home. Uh, well, and I understand that's going to improve as labs are coming online and they're getting people prepped to do much quicker turnaround. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, the, the lack of knowledge of what's actually happening is pretty troubling. Yeah, so each New Day's results are actually a reflection of what was going on two weeks ago. To the best of their knowledge. Right, which is one of the points Dr. Fauci was trying to make. 
we look like we're overreaching because the data you're seeing and we're seeing is way out of date. Yeah. And we know how these things grow, the mathematics of it. Uh, so that means that even if social distancing were 100% effective from when we all kind of started doing this, they still expect to see a dramatic exponential growth in the new cases for at least one more week. So the super optimist, optimistic best case, we all social distanced and didn't spread it anymore at all. Uh, it's going to get worse for at least another week. If it's only a week, I'll be uh, over the moon with happiness. Oh, sure. That's the super optimistic. And so it won't be that, almost certainly. Yeah. You know, I might as well throw that in since everybody likes to discuss the worst case scenario, as Dr. Fauci had to point out on all the talk shows over the weekend. Well, that is the worst case scenario, which is far. If you look at the graph of possibilities, that's the least likely thing to happen. And so millions sure, of us are working as hard as we can to prevent it. So I'm so. not sure discussing that. I mean, what is the point of that? Clicks. Viewers. Yeah. Scary. It's, it's got to drive scientists, you know, people that are into math and science and that sort of stuff, crazy to deal with the media. I'm hoping they're too busy to watch that garbage. I'm hoping they're not even well, seeing it. Well, Fauci is on discussing it. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he he understands bell curves and probability and all that sort of stuff. Why are you asking me about the least likely thing to happen? Why are we discussing that? What is the point? Maybe to get people to comply? Or say bad things about Trump? Speaking of which, and speaking of testing, there are two major stories that you have probably heard. If you listen to a lot of news, you watch a lot of news, you may have heard these stories repeated 50 times. They are fiction. I heard this morning, Morning Joseph Scarborough on the MSNBC. This is some Joe violence They They have the faulty mathematics. Joe Scarborough ranted on and on, tears in eyes, over a fiction, an untrue story. Wow. We will hip you to that. I want to hear this. Next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As you can see, I'm doing the show from my home for two reasons. First, to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Second, so I can write off my real estate taxes. So, uh, Jimmy Fallon did his monologue in his kitchen with his wife as the audience. Uh, We watched it on the the couch last night. It was pretty good, and he did a song, and I liked the whole thing. So did, uh, it's interesting, so did Kimmel, so did uh, Conan, so did Noah, all from their own kitchens. (laughs) They're all becoming, quote-unquote, influencers. They're they're just filming stuff in their living rooms. YouTubers, yeah. Yeah. Conan had a funny thing. It's it's really a little more of a visual, but he said things to do at home when you're, uh, you're doing the home quarantine thing. A puzzle. Puzzle is always a good time. Thousand piece puzzle, but uh, each individual piece could be infected with coronavirus. So first, I'm first I'm going to boil each individual piece of this puzzle. Similar That's to washing good. your hands, you need to sing Happy Birthday as you boil the puzzle pieces. So I'll need to sing Happy Birthday one thousand times. Oh boy! And then he starts, and it's like a montage. Now in a French accent. Happy birthday. It's typical Conan fun. Humor but, for these difficult times. Yeah, uh, but anyway. More Corona stuff in a moment. So, well, this is Corona stuff. So there have been uh, two stories in particular that you and I and everyone has heard 50 times, seen tweeted 500 times, repeated over and over again, and they're not true. Number one, 
the idea that the Trump administration, whose response, by the way, has been imperfect. I'm not uh, working Sean Hannity's side of the street over here. On the other hand. There's been good and bad. I'll work Sean Hannity's side of the street. I don't know if any other president would have had the guts to stop people from coming into China because they wouldn't have liked the backlash. Right, yeah. And that might be the most important thing that happened in this whole thing. It was a brilliant move, and it was early enough it could have saved many thousands of lives. So, like I say, there's been great stuff with the administration, stuff that I'm sure in retrospect will say we could have done a lot better. But having said that, no, the White House did not dissolve its pandemic response office. According to the guy who was there, Tim Morrison, uh, who was with the National Security Council, and he said, no, I was there, we were doing it, uh, and the guy I handed it off to is still doing it, and he's really good at the job. There was a proposal to reorganize who did what under what uh, leadership, but that is absolutely fictional, okay? So you've heard that a thousand times. It is a willful misinterpretation of a budget proposal. It's untrue. And then this, from Kaiser Health News. They mentioned Biden, but Morning Joe ranted on and on about this this morning. Here's your headline. Biden falsely blames Trump administration for rejecting WHO coronavirus kits that were never offered. This is mostly false, according to the PolitiFact truth meter The World Health Organization developed a limited number of kits for third-world nations that don't have virology labs and lack the capacity to make their own. I could give you the checklist of them in the Americans, Paraguay, Bolivia, Argentina, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, etc. They never offered the United States these test kits. That wasn't the idea. So that whole narrative, that out of pride and pluck, and I heard this on MSNBC, the president, he uh, he doesn't like accepting international help. It doesn't fit his worldview. So we turned them down when we needed them the most. So it's did, just fiction. Did they do that this morning on MSNBC? Yes. You heard Scarborough mention this, this morning? morning. Because we had that political fact story, political fact story yesterday. So Scarborough's ranting and raving about something that's been nationally outed a full day ago? Yes. Seems like a mistake. Our news fails us on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, well, and so. the MSNBC audience will never hear the other side of it. Because he had a, a, some expert, well, not an expert, but some commentator on with them who said, yeah, it's a terrible failing in a rejection. And so either everybody on set had no idea this is, this has been outed. Or they're just pretending because their whole point is bringing Trump down. Now, there was a great tweet the other day. Why have Americans been so hesitant to believe the media that this is a serious problem? Well, because you lie systematically. You lie all the time. <laughs> End of answer. Um, Vegas is shutting down casinos for the first time since 1963. That's how historic this whole thing is. What happened in 63? You know, that's the first thing I wondered. They closed the... the, And it's pretty easy to guess why. They closed the casino for JFK's funeral. You know why? Because Vegas is run by the mob and JFK oh. was tied in with the mob. That's, ah, my, that's my belief. Forget about it. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's the last time they've closed the casinos. 
Uh, and this, you know, there's a lot of historic. Uh, has America ever closed schools for months? No, I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. No, no. Um, uh, the, this whole you got to stay home. I, I don't. I'm not certainly not familiar with this ever happening on this large of a scale where the government is saying everybody needs to stay home. Now, San Francisco mayor is prohibiting evictions a- amid the pandemic. This is a perfect example of the sort of thing that might just be a good idea because people aren't getting paid and they can't pay their rent. On the other hand, this is something you've been wanting to do for years. Right. To San make it Francisco's Im- ground zero of landlords are bad people. Right. And uh, you and should put up with anything. And no matter how far behind they are, that you shouldn't evict them because the cost of living is so high. It's not their fault. Right. Yeah, I got a mortgage to pay on this house I'm renting or building or whatever. I need income too. Do you understand that? No, but, you're a bad person if you're a landlord. But so when the 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 needs of the politicians match up with the um, the pandemic, or at least they're a good excuse, then, then stuff like this starts happening. Sure, it doesn't matter if your tenant hasn't paid rent in 18 months and has never demonstrated any means of employment or. Or whatever, no, all of a sudden you, there's you a moratorium. Know there's, you know there's going to be examples of that. You mean oh, I can't invict them? They didn't just get behind because of the pandemic. They've been behind since last June. Right, right. Anyway. Well, you're a bad and a cruel person. So, yeah, we'll have to see. So I went to, well, I'll save the story of the three different stores I went to uh, for next hour because they all three have the uh, an individual story that's kind of interesting in what's going on during these times. Um, the Washington Post is reporting how the VA, the Veterans Administration's website, somehow magically the part where it says they'll see civilian patients in times of crisis has disappeared from their website. This is how just being reporting today. Yeah. Huh. So it's been on the VA's website for a long time that part of their mission is to see civilian patients in a crisis only makes sense. We taxpayers are paying for this. You got the infrastructure. We got a major crisis, a war, a pandemic. You'd think you'd want to step up. And that Mm -hmm. has been part of their mission on their website. Somehow that disappeared over the weekend, and they're not taking people. I wonder why. Well, the Washington Post is digging into it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're overtaxed. Well, you've got to say it out loud. You can't just take it off your website. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Sounds like something I'd do. (laughs) Uh, So how can I criticize it? Well, then as a taxpayer, I would want to say, what the hell? Just, you know, we ran out of room. So, uh, you know, it's like a vacancy sign. We put up the no vacancy sign. I What's should, confusing about that? I should read the more of this article later. It's uh, It goes into depth of what it's like in ERs all across the country right now mm-hmm. trying to deal with this when you've got the, la- the, 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 the worry that anybody could be affected, the lag time in being able to test. Anybody that comes in with respiratory problems, the current guidelines are you got to put on all the gear, you got to isolate them. Well, you get like five patients and you're behind. Right. Getting all the gear on, disposing of it or cleaning it, throwing it away. You run out of rooms to isolate people. Right. You run out of rooms to isolate the people that were just handling the person. They can't tell smokers from people with uh, the commie flu. I was just going to say, yeah, smokers with allergies seem a lot like the commie flu. Right. So, uh, and, and it's probably worth going back to the beginning uh, in some stuff, in going through many, many, many dozens of emails this morning, it struck me that a lot of people are not up to date in their information on this thing. Okay. So we may hit a couple of basics for you if you get the next hour. So of that the beginning, show. I thought you were talking all the way back, like let there be light. Uh, no. Not that far. No, not really. Okay. I mean, we can if you want. More on the way. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 